Hello and welcome to Reeling in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat and discuss about all kinds of movies. Joining me today, it's Ono Boyle and he's back to talk about Rian Johnson's 2019 mystery film, Knife Set. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Mr. O'Boyle, you're back. Yeah, I'm sure that counts. (laughs) Yeah, you picked a movie with an accent. I enjoy trying to impersonate. Oh, feels like you need more draw. More draw. (laughs) (laughs) It's very late and I'm in a silly mood. Gary sent a picture of snow earlier. He really enjoyed it. What do you mean? That was two weeks ago. I've ruined the illusion already. <laughs> what are you talking about? This is the 21st of January. Oh. oh, my inauguration was yesterday. Can you believe those things happened or didn't? I was so shocked when the thing that everyone expected to happen actually happened. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the 21st of January. Own. Come on. Yeah. Things are happening today. Booksmart is out on Netflix and people should watch it and go back to listen to episode four of this podcast. Yeah, that, that episode actually made me watch Booksmart and I really enjoyed that movie. So, so. You've, you're, you're getting bang for your book here, ladies and gentlemen. You should watch. There's two movies we should tell you to go watch. Booksmart and Knives Out. Two great films. 100% Knives Out. Knives Out, saw that in 2019 with Gary, actually. It was me. I was there. Gary, Sinead, and who else can I dox? Bono. Uh, Bono, uh, yes. Enya uh, was there. Chris, I think I saw Ryan Tuberty. Chris Pine, not invited. I think that, that's. When, never invited. That's when the beef started originally, was over a Knives Out invite went awry. No, the beef actually started over beef. I asked oh, him. <laughs> some actual beef we actually have beef over some beef after I asked him and funny enough Shia LaBeouf was involved (laughs) (laughs) it was a whole confusing mess like like you wanted you wanted Shia LaBeouf to come around he brought beef but then Shia I said no I want LaBeouf (laughs) and he was like je comprends (laughs) Oh, Charlotte's Char- Char- gonna love it. There's already been French. <laughs> She's not gonna listen to this uh, one. Yeah. Right, Owen, we're talking. Okay, you're here. We're talking about Knives Out. We saw it together in Omniplex Cinemas in Math Minds and had a great time. You potentially had COVID, but we won't talk about no. it from last year. Was that last year? I don't know. COVID was about. Yeah, this would could have been. I was very sick at the time. Yeah, that was definitely true. Yeah. So yes, you you saw this and you've seen it how many times since? Three times now. From over the holidays, I watched it one more time because the family hadn't watched it yet. So I was just like, you know what? This is a great movie to get the family to watch. And yeah. after we watched it, it was just like, oh shit, that's the first movie we have ever watched all together as a family. Wait, what? Yeah, we, we, that's not something we do in my house. This is bizarre. I feel yeah. like I want to take this podcast in a completely direction now. So the first, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So the first movie you watch as a family is about a family <laughs> who just like hate each other and like backstab and the whole show. Okay. And yeah. did you just enjoy it? We, we related so much. With Daniel Craig there, just in the background. <laughs> a different accent though. A different accent. I don't know. What else does Daniel Craig do? He does the, uh, the only other thing I know him in, he was in Logan Lucky and he does that. I am in car, sir. Right head. You're looking at me as if you have no idea what I'm talking I, about. I know the movie. I've just never seen it. It's the, that's the bank house movie. With, yeah, uh, bank Adam house Driver is in it as well, is he? Channing Tatum. And Channing Tatum, yes. 
Right. Um, okay. So you have seen this three times and you wanted to discuss it on the podcast. Yeah. Also, well, first of all, be thankful audience that I watched this over Christmas because originally I was going to do Kiki's delivery service, which is another foreign movie. So I feel like this may be more people have maybe seen this movie. Yeah, I got great reactions to people being like, what is, um, I, I wanted to listen to Owen's one, but um, what is Bahubali? And I'm like, I don't want to get into it. But I'm thankful you picked a movie that is um, what I consider to be good and quite popular and people might have seen it. That's true. That's good for those ratings. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. good for the ratings. I, you should see the Bolivian audience has just been digging the Die Hard and Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyway, the movie. The movie. Okay, yes, I just thought I would explain to people as well what we're going to do here because this is quite a spoilery movie. And if you haven't seen it, we would very strongly recommend you do, uh, which gives away that I'm just going to do the scan and scale right now. You should watch this movie. Uh, it's very, very good. Uh, but just because as much as me and Owen would love to sit here for three hours and explain the plot, I don't imagine that would do the movie any um, justice and we would be able to understand it. So definitely go watch it. But if you have seen it, what we're going to do is we're going to, if you haven't seen it, we're going to just give the spoiler free free plot. Then we're going to talk about our general thoughts. Then we're going to get into spoilers then. And the spoilers are going to take it as if you have seen the movie. Um, So we'll try and explain as much as we can go along because we understand people haven't seen it since last year. So I'm going to ask Mr. O'Boyle here now to explain for the people that haven't seen it and the people that have, what is the plot of this movie without giving anything away? Okay, so movie opens on a mug, big house. <laughs> oh, sorry, you want the like concise version? Yeah, okay, please. Sorry. There. I don't. I I really wish that you. I wish I'd let you go for like three <laughs> hours. Minute details. Pa- Benoit Blanc flips coin. <laughs> pa- right, it's, it's a staircase. <laughs> Okay, so movie, the movie it's basically a whodunit. The movie is one big old whodunit with a Rian Johnson twist. And don't worry, not a Star Wars Rian Johnson twist, an actually good Rian Johnson twist where he does do, he does different things with the genre. He still keeps you guessing. He keeps it fresh. Like he doesn't he doesn't lean into the tropes really. And so the movie just revolves around this. Uh, care worker basically she's a nurse for this rich murder writer called harlan thromby and i have not looked up any of these names before i started this so this is all off memory i got them here so then uh, basically the, the the movie opens and there's been a murder and harlan is dead which brings us to the next the big meeting and it's basically the family all get together for the funeral and the collectors are in town because and they're just interviewing the family to try to figure out what happened and everyone's going off that's a suicide because he's found with a knife but then basically it doesn't everything isn't as is uh, isn't as clear as it seems uh that's definitely not the phrase but i'm gonna go with it and uh so basically then the detectives introduce our southern drawl detective enter benoit blanc <laughs> Thank you. I could not remember that name. <laughs> play, play brilliantly by uh, fucking what's his face. Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Come you. on, yeah, man. I'm, I'm a deer in headlights right now. There's too many names in this I, movie. I, I asked you to not be so drunk for this podcast. <laughs> Do you want me to take over the plot? Because I yes, watched it please. last night. Okay, right, ladies and gentlemen, to give you uh, so yes, like Owen says, uh, Har- Harlan Thromby is found with his neck slit. Uh, Benoit Blanc has been hired by a mysterious unknown 
benefactor and he is interviewing all the family to try to discover what the case is and um, like Owen mentioned about the care worker it is a woman by the name of Marta who is very close to Harlan and it's this whole thing of how she deals with the family as the family try and figure out more and more clues about it so for the whole movie you're trying to guess who did the murder where do all these characters fit into stuff it's a movie with phenomenal performances phenomenal characters and uh, we're going to run through all the characters probably a bit more on the spoiler side of things but it's definitely a movie um that you should watch i don't really want to get talk about it too much because there's twists at every kind of turn as own mentioned so definitely worth giving a shot it's a whodunit it's two hours and ten minutes it's on amazon prime if you have it if you don't there's probably other other sources out there but it's definitely worth checking. I would also agree with that recommendation. So you've watched this three times. I have seen it um, three, a full three times. So you must have a fully fledged uh, uh, opinion of the movie besides not knowing any of the characters or actors' names that are in it. So what, what, okay. So why, why have you watched this so many times and what has made you want to talk about it here today? So it's just a really good movie. It, uh, t- like the twists and the turns just keep you guessing throughout it. It's like the acting is phenomenal. The comedy is like, it's very good comedy and like relevant comedy. And basically then it, on multiple, on other viewings of the movie, it's such a well put together movie that you'll always find something new, like details. I think this movie for me probably has some of the best foreshadowing and just like indications of things that happen next in the movie. And it's really, it's like a, it's like a, word search or a word search is a horrible thing to say there uh where's waldo nearly where you're trying it's like a sudoku puzzle it's like a how many more puzzles can we say um and i guess yeah very good foreshadowing and what were your feet because i definitely i was a bit skeptical about it because it had come from the guy who you had mentioned earlier um did star wars and that probably wasn't as well received for its twists and turns so what what were you feeling when you went into it and how did you feel he delivered in the end? Uh, basically, I was excited for the movie. Like, I didn't, like, I didn't, was it The Last Jedi? It was not that The Last Jedi was an okay movie. Like, it was, like, it was fine. I didn't hate it by any means. Came out of it, it was just like, okay, like, sure, fine. It was fine. But then seeing the trailers for this, and I was excited for it, looked good. Then there's a few podcasts that I listened to, and they talked about it and how amazing it was. So I was like, okay, this will be a fun movie to see. And so I didn't really care too much that Rian Johnson was behind it. Like, I was just going to watch it because I was interested. Yeah, and, like, it's interesting because he wrote a lot of this after, on the press junket for uh, for Star Wars. And, like, it was, so for anyone that might not be aware, he did The Last Jedi and it kind of, he tried to turn a lot of it on its head and trying to subvert expectations in Star Wars. And not a lot of people were big fans of that. So it was kind of, there was some negative reviews from maybe some more diehard fans about it. So it's funny to me that he went off and did a movie that literally subverts your expectations from not from scene to scene, but nearly every five minutes, something you expect is going to happen. And that doesn't happen. And I love that, you know, you can do a star Wars movie, which a lot of people would dream about being involved with and be hated for it and then go off and do your own thing. And you're beloved. And there's a sequel announced. And like, I just think it's great. And I'm, I'm so happy that he wasn't too, you know, scarred from the experience oh, yeah, like, of doing. It wasn't cast you know I mean? out by any means, and like I think he definitely saved yeah. his reputation for this movie a lot because. Oh yeah, like it, it was. It was just marvelously put together. Like just even like the subtle sort of like uh, misdirections and like going sort of going against the grain, like, what what you would expect in a whodunit, like just throughout the movie, it really just it made it sort of a new experience. 
and I think from people who've seen a lot of Agatha Christie or per, like the Perot stuff, like that's like Benoit Blanc is very much like an American version of that. Uh, and like it has all those, it's weird. Like I wouldn't really seek them out, these sort of movies, but I remember just watching them because they've been on TV all the time and you can kind of get a rough idea of what's going to happen. But this is a movie that, well, we'll talk, well, I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably wrap up just the general thoughts section and we'll kind of get a bit more into spoilers. But like in terms of, in terms of the actors, like I'll just run through some of the names. It's like I, I, I'm still amazed they got the cast it did. So it has like Daniel Craig, Chris Evans. Oh, shit. I should write this down. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, uh, Don Johnson, uh, who you might not know by name, but he was one of the guys in Miami Vice, which was big in the states. Tony Collette, uh, other people I don't know. Uh, then there's and let me see, person I don't know, person Christopher Plummer, a favorite of the podcast. Yeah. Um, Frank Oz is in this, um, who's probably better known as the voice of Yoda. And which character was Frank Oz? Uh, he's the lawyer. Oh shit, that's cool. Uh, he also is like Fozzie Bear and Miss Piggy from the Muppets. He's uh, Bert and Grover and the Cookie Monster from like this guy. He's known for Jeez, his, he like, does a lot yeah, of work, like yeah, he does a lot of Muppet stuff. And for him, like for him to be in this, I just remember like why does he sound so familiar? And then I remember, it's Frank Oz. You've also got a secret cameo that I you yes. probably know about, but uh, we'll talk a bit more later. Like there's just all these fantastic, like the 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 lead in 13 reasons why as well as in like it just has a great cast the direction the editing the writing uh the the music is great the music op- the, the the music the yeah. movie opens on a fantastic score the set is fantastic the set design is superb there's some other things they did to like the set to make it look more realistic and i think it's great and it's just a very well put together movie with some very solid performances and i think you're right to pick it and i think mm-hmm. Let's get into spoilers. So this is the moment now we're going to tell you all to go away and uh, because we're going to talk about spoilers if we don't ruin it for you. So, Owen, do you want to, do you want, now that I've given you the actors' names at least, oh, God, to try man, and, that's already to try distant and, memories for me. Do you want to try and say what what is, so what happens in the movie with a bit more spoilers? Okay, but basically the movie centers around Anna de Arms as... Uh... <laughs> it opens on a mug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does open on a mug, which is relevant to this movie. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, basically, so it just opens it in on the mug. The, the maid, it picks up the mug. Sorry, you put me on this train of thought now, so I have switched completely. Uh, she goes, she's just a housekeeper. Uh, she goes up the stairs into the room where Christopher Plummer is sound asleep, except, no, he's dead. Shocker. He, he's the one who dies, the old man. He's, like, old in this. Anyway. And what I love about this movie, and it's one of the first points I'll make, and I know I completely cut you off, but it's a who done it, and within maybe thirty minutes of the movie, they tell you who done it. And <laughs> yeah. that, so what actually happens is, so it's it's revealed that you know they interview all the family, and, yeah, you, and get your, you get your character introductions there, like really well done. Yeah, really, like it's a really good way to just do like, oh, here's the characters, here's some personality they have, like what their relationships are. It was such a great way to introduce such a large cast. And, and and I I remember I was reading up on Rean Johnson when he talks about this and he goes look the thirty the first thirty minutes are rough because I've so much to pack in and then once once we're through that we're done and you kind of feel that moment and what happens is after all the family have been introduced and we get Anna's uh, sorry Marta uh, account on things we realize that there was a mix up when she was administering some medicine to Harlan which meant that he was going to go into like he was going to it was like 100 milligrams of morphine and he was supposed to have three so he was going to die so he slits his own throat and then 
she tells him to like uh, she gives because he's a, a like a whodunit writer yeah. he then t- gives her this whole thing of like okay but well, here's what you do and he gives her a step-by-step play on how to try and fool everyone yeah and so she, she gets away and then a couple of days later we talk it's this whole scene of all the detectives interviewing the family and from that we realize twists and turns and it's actually what happened was it wasn't the right it wasn't actually morphine she gave him it was this other drug and it turns out that christopher Plummer harlan's grandson ranson played by chris evans actually had swapped them intentionally and took away the antidote as to kill him because he had taken christopher Plummer's harlan had taken ranson as well as all the other family out of the will from the fortune of the publishing rights to the house to the money that he had and gave it all to marta because marta was the most Care, she, she was just swell she and also a lovely person it's just revealed that christopher Plummer is just like his character is just a lovely man as well like sure yeah. like maybe handle this family not in the best way maybe too straightforward but it, it's just i love that subversion of expectation where it's just like oh she like he's just a nice man and her his relationship with her even though they're very close it's not romantic in any way and it, like i just know it could be that christopher Plummer at 90 <laughs> <is a> fucking <laughs> stud he, yeah, he looks great. It was actually, it was only because of your podcast on The Sound of Music that I realized it was the same man. It's weird. And this one I was telling Charlotte, the other one was like, I only see him as an old man because of like this movie and maybe a few other before this. So yeah. I'm like, it's weird. I don't see that. I don't see them being the same person. It's so weird that I'm yet to find, if I can get anyone on to do a middle-aged Chris Plummer podcast where he's in that movie. <laughs> it's like the missing link. It doesn't exist. The missing link of Chris Plummer. <laughs> But he's great in it, and he yeah. has a fantastic scene. So when that scene where they're um where they're playing Gao, which is the game they play, and yeah. she gives him the wrong medicine, and he's just so calm, and he's so like he's like he's, oh, right well. he's just he's just going like oh I'm gonna just kill myself just to spare your poor mother. Um, but it's, it's even like he's like oh this this would be a great idea for a novel. Um, like he's taking the piss out of it, and then he realizes it's too late, and he he makes that sacrifice, and it's only because he I suppose cared so much about Marta that he was oh, yeah. to do all this. Do you know what yeah. I mean? If that was anyone else, he would have just... Do you think like yeah. he also knew, though, about, oh, shit, I changed my will just the other day. Oh, this will be hilarious. Definitely doing it <laughs> I think he 100% would be like that. Yeah. <laughs> the character. He would yeah. He would enjoy the likes of Benoit, Benoit Blanc coming in and, uh, and, and um, investigating it. Oh, yeah, I'd say, like, he, he, I'd say he did love that. I love it because he didn't tell Martha any of this as well. Like, he could have before he died. Says, by the way... You're, you, the reason you can't get caught because also I've gave you all my things. All of them, even the creepy little dolls and the everything. The gal said is going to be buried with me though because <laughs> I'm a soul loser. And you had, a, you had a really interesting point about the, the gal game. We were talking about this the other day. Yeah. Bit, basically, in the in the movie, it said that Marta always beats him at gal and he's asked, why do you always win? She's always just like, oh, because like you play to win and I just play to make a pretty pattern. And then at the very end of the movie, when everything's been revealed and Ranson's been convicted, Benoit Blanc is talking to her and he's just like, oh, yeah, no, like, just remember that if you like you won this because you played the game your way, which is I thought was a really cool callback to just like an earlier point in the movie where instead of like call it instead of like running away and and hiding when she found the maid uh being or the housekeeper dying she called the ambulance and stuff like that she just did the right thing throughout the movie when she could and so that that's why like it came out that ransom was like the evil one in the end so i thought that was a super cool callback yeah and she's uh anna de arms arms i can't pronounce her name uh she's great in this and it's weird because i don't know about you she wasn't really a main focus point of the 
advertising like she was just maybe because i didn't really know her as an actress like i don't really remember her being in the trailers much and not really having much of an idea of her character and then seeing that the movie's kind of all about her i i enjoyed that sense of the advertising because it was like it's almost as if we were like looking at we're being shown the big posh family or whatever the hell like that and she's off to the side and that's how the family kind of view her as well yeah like well it's it's sort of like wealth is a thing in this movie like wealth inequality is like i wouldn't say it's a big point of the movie but like it's definitely an issue that is like addressed where you see like uh, Anna's like tiny apartment that she loves or she's yeah. the hottest tiny apartment that she lives in and the big mansion how like everyone says how like she's great and how she's worked her way to be a citizen of the country and she's putting all the hard work even though they constantly get the name of the country wrong that she's from yes, uh, and that, that was one of my favorite things I loved about this movie where the writing is so good and that like it doesn't make a big deal about them getting the country wrong or it's never mentioned she never goes on they don't actually ever say where she's from yeah. nor do they ever correct each other for that it's just a throw off line so I have it in front of here that it's uh, she's a South American immigrant and the Thromby's basic indifference towards her is in- evident in the fact that throughout the movie family members refer to her as being from Ecuador, Uruguay, Paraguay or Brazil but even though like uh, isn't it like hinted as well I, well i read something that it was hinting that she is american oh okay yeah because it's more her mother that they were yeah, yeah exactly so, so it's her mother who came there illegally but then Marta was born in the u.s and she was great like i i haven't seen her in much after this i don't think but like i know she's in the new james bond movie and the reason she's in the new james bond movie is daniel craig had so much fun working with her that he was like no legit he was like i want oh, i want her in the next one that's and- all- so she so he brought her on for that I, to be honest it was the like he doesn't want to he didn't want to do any more james bond movies and he brought he was like i'm doing whatever i want i'm bringing her back she's gone um uh so like so like that just goes to show how much like how much professional she must be as well yeah, definitely. The camera. she's great in this and i was so like amazed at how like you got the full range of emotion of her like her trying to sneak around yeah then, like her just being caring to you also, know um, also Carolyn. just the little bit of like he, she can't lie and she vomits when she lies. yeah so we talk about that so there's a weird thing in this movie where marta has a, a now oh my god just bear with me because i have the quote ready because i did want to talk about it uh because i'm gonna keep doing my benoit blanc thing and i'm gonna hate myself in the editing booth as i call it when oh, no, don't, don't worry that's future gary's problem that's future, uh, he goes <clears throat> And a little bird told, oh no, what is that? Sorry. Oh, that was, that was I do declare. And a little bird told me, how do I put this delicately? You have a regurgitative reaction to mistruth. <laughs> and I just, it was oh, just so good. If I could speak like this man, I'd be unstoppable. Oh, you'd be un- savage. I could what string you- words together coherently. Oh, the things I could do. Why'd you go to coppers with that accent? <laughs> How oh, do barkeep? Can I get a Jack Daniels and Coke? I say, I say, a Jack Daniels. <laughs> Trying to get in. I say, I say, <laughs> I left my jacket in the nightclub. <laughs> Perchance, could I peruse around the cloakroom? <laughs> I feel like they legally have to say yes to at that stage. <laughs> so yeah, she gets sick whenever she lies. Yes. And uh, so, like, it's just a really weird trait that they brought into this movie. They don't really explain it much. Like, I think there's one offhand comment where comment where Ranson says, "It's like, oh yeah, like, cause you can, cause you can throw up because of that one board game we played when we were younger." And it was sort of just like, okay, they, they're mentioning it. It's just sort of, even though it's ridiculous, it's just like, believe it. If this is a thing in the movie, and they don't really talk about it much, which is probably the best way to handle it. And there's great, and like, they carry. It's not something that's just mentioned for the first scene. It's something that's written into the 
script to carry through that she's put in situations where if she lies she'll be found out on the spot which is which is kind of like again it's it's a it's a ridiculous trait for someone to have or, yeah. ridiculous thing. or maybe it's real who knows but i just thought it was but the fact that they bring it back when you know ranson was like well you've just eaten like baked beans and toast so i know like yeah, yeah. so go on tell me the truth and then in the scene where She's running, so her and Ranson are driving away from Benoit, and there's even, there's even a great bit in that. Remember where he's like on the phone to her, and he's got to answer your phone. Pick up. <laughs> even like, even like, at the end, it's just like, oh, like that was the most ridiculous car chase I've ever been on. Yeah, I love that because you felt that during. Yeah. I remember watching this car chase. I was like, this is ridiculous, and I, and she, and basically, Marta's in this tiny little blue car, and she's like weaving in through all the like the alleyways, and none of the big. Uh-huh like police suvs can like get to the spots i'm like really is that what's gonna happen is that she's mm-hmm. just gonna have a smaller car and then she like turns around the corner and then benoit just like rolls over and he goes well that is the stupidest conscience <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, and then he's like and then they arrest ransom and then she's like oh did he make, tell you to drive faster and then she, he's like oh well yeah oh she martin's yeah. like oh yeah he did and then she gets in the car and she gets sick in a cup so she's like getting used to lying which i kind of yeah. Enjoyed. Yeah. No. Like it was, it was a very clever trade of her, and essentially, like the movie, the movie continues on with using the sick as a plot point and carries through with Marta. She does fantastic. She her interactions with everyone is great. I love Chris Evans in this movie. He is a fantastic villain that I want to see more. What do you mean? Just when you say Chris Evans, do you mean Chris Evans or Chris Evans' sweater? Uh, I do like his sweater, and I did try to buy one that emulated. His. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just a, it's a, he looks good in a sweater. Fun fact, actually, about the movie, I'll ask this to you. Ah, dare you, sir. <laughs> I'll ask you this come to you. on my podcast with a fact. This is a fact, Jewel. <laughs> Play the music. <laughs> okay, sir, stick them up. What's your fact? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question, and then the audience can partake in this fun little game I'm going to propose. Okay. So... Everyone in the cast of this movie has an iPhone, as of course, just branding for the movie, except one character for one legal reason. Can you guess me? Can you guess why? I, I, I know the answer. I know I told you earlier, but then I, I misheard you when you asked me the question earlier, and I actually know the answer. Uh, this kind of ruins the game for me now. It does ruin the game for you. Audience, text your answers into 555. Uh, it's it's uh, it's Chris Evans' character because uh, Apple don't allow villains to have iPhones. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think we have the same tabs open. No, I just <laughs> no, I didn't even see that in the tab earlier. I just remember that being a thing at the time. Oh, yeah. Fun fact about the phones. Oh, I I know I know what you're gonna say already. Uh, is it that the all the all the times were meticulously set? Uh, yeah. Throughout the, yeah. So so another interesting like so Rian Johnson as much as he put effort in he put effort into a lot of stuff in this movie. And one of them was the timing of stuff. So he went, he made sure the plot, the, he made sure the set department knew what time every scene should be. And then sort of set the time on the clocks, on the iPads, on wristwatches to make, and like, you don't pick that up in the movie, but like, it, fair play to them. Yeah, no, that's just like good detail. It's the same thing they did with the books as well. Like for Thrombey's books, they, they literally, like they had a designer, like make a, a few generation of books. Well, not generations, but a couple of decades of books like to model his career. And it's just like the really good details they put into the movie. But Chris Evans is great. And this was one of his first ones like after Captain America, I think. Would have been after Endgame. And yeah. I, I, I love the idea. And what I love about this movie so much 
in a way is a lot of the characters these people are able to play. So you've got Chris Evans who was playing like Captain America, who was like this whole uh, like you know macho hero, yeah. like beacon of truth. Sort and then of. you now go into this movie and you're introduced to him and he's like, uh, I'm too cool for this. And that's the vibe you get from him. You get that he's just too cool, not that he's actually, you know, a killer. Yeah. And I, I, I like to think that Chris Evans just jumped at the opportunity to be like, fuck yeah, I'll be in a, I'll be in a movie where I can be the bad guy. Yeah. I think he had a lot of fun in the role, especially that eat shit scene. <laughs> that, oh, that is yeah. so, like, and apparently it, used, it, it was supposed to be fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, but they have to change it for the... Yeah, they wanted that rating. Yeah. But it was Chris Evans that came up with eat shit. Eat shit. It, it really, get, it really gave me that uh, one of the clerks where it's like "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, fuck you." <laughs> like I thought they were gonna, I thought he was gonna like sort of reference that at all, but uh, I did, I did love that bit. I love the, the again, the, all the family interactions are amazing. Just how like immediately they just lose it with him. <laughs> yeah, and like it's uh, one of them was I really enjoyed uh, the Michael Shannon just interactions with everyone, yeah. and it's again this is another character where it's. I, I, I know he's been in a lot of good stuff. It's I haven't seen a lot of his dramatic stuff, but I probably know him best as General Zod in Man of Steel. And I enjoy and just for me it's it's funny to see him go from General Zod to this like weird limping guy who's just like he's just limping around. He's like even even that in, in the eat shit scene where it's oh. just like he's like eat shit. He goes, I am not eating one <laughs> iota of shit. Which is funny yeah. because that's that not only wasn't that was Michael Shannon that came up with that, and Rean Johnson said he apparently he was the funniest person on set. And I just love, I just, I just love the idea of this guy who I only know from super dramatic stuff being like the most funniest, funniest, funniest man on scene set. Like, and what, oh, yeah. and it goes into what they were. They were obviously all having good crack on set because there was another thing where. Uh, I don't know if you remember where they're all chasing Marta outside of the house. Oh, to the car. And, and Jacob says something like, you know, the, we'll get on to Jacob because he's, I've interesting things about him. Okay. But he goes, you had sex with my grandpa, you dirty little, uh, you, you dirty, dirty yeah. ang- good anger. Good <laughs> Apparently it was improv by the little, by, by the ah, kid. Yeah. That's good. Uh, but you couldn't hear it in the rest of the set. So, but apparently Michael Shannon was like, went up to Rian Johnson was like, hey, the kid's got a really good line. Can we like focus on him for the next take? Uh, like, my, I, yeah. for this movie I am just like a big I, I have to go back and watch more Michael Shannon stuff because he is great in this so he plays like Harlan's son who like looks after the the book like the book oh, publishing the publishing, the publishing yeah and That's he wants like, and the big thing of him is that he wants it like his big motive for possibly being the killer is he wants to take over the publishing company and like get on Netflix and go movie deals essentially but then the dad just having none of it doesn't want any of that also, I feel like my ne- my secret theme of movies I'm going to pick is going. There's going to be a cripple character. We had Tiny oh, Alpha, wow, yeah. Hoobly, Michael Shannon here. Secret theme. Secret theme. <laughs> that I just told everyone. So they won't suspect it when we watch my left foot. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he was what. So Michael Shannon was one of those characters that I thought was interesting playing against type again. Not too sure what he normally plays, but I really enjoyed this. Uh, but the biggest one and the one I probably have the most to talk about is Daniel Craig as. Benoit Blanc. Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna right. say Jay, I thought you were gonna say Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I then, feel like oh no, we can go talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. I didn't think she played that much against type. Against type, uh, I suppose like the hard ass sort of not against type. I just enjoyed her in the movie I, and as uh, sort of the rock of the family nearly, and like the, probably the most stable one. Uh, yeah, and she's probably the most from a family point of view. She's probably like the most like Harlan. Yeah, besides Ransom, who who is her 
uh, son because she like loves playing the games and like she she just like she she said she went off and made it on her own yeah after getting a one million loan from her father which sounds a lot like someone someone else <laughs> who's probably referenced a few times in this movie but yeah. i enjoyed that and even at the end where she's harlan is blackmailing somewhat uh, oh yeah and it's just that whole secret plot. Well, not even secret plot, but it's all that like that lesser plot throughout the movie of just like the cheating husband and the secret notes and how she finds it because of the baseball that is being used as a prop throughout this movie. And it's like the baseball that made its way through all the movie, including like probably the best use of it was when the martyr throws away the, the broken timber from the climb up to the window and the dog comes back with it. And just as like, just as just as Benoit Blanc picks up the ball, he's just like, Oh shit, this is important. Uh, yeah. And then like, so she finds the letter and there's invisible ink on it. Cause she knows that's what her and her father do. And that's, it's something funny. Cause you forget about it as an audience member. And then just kind of see that. And she's so, and it's great. Cause she doesn't, she just, she doesn't break character. And it's like, she's told this and she's like, right fuck him and yeah. just kind of on and stuff and yeah like i think he has a black eye at the end of the movie just like it's like really it's, yeah. really, it's one shot of the movie just like uh, during the last like shot of the family and you can see his black eye and just like so that's that's her husband who's uh is richard and he's played by don johnson that guy from miami vice and he's great nick he's just an absolute sleazeball of a character <laughs> yeah. and there's two great things and the, there's two things i picked up when i was watching it which was when he's trying to bribe the police officers who are taking ransom yeah. away there with a big wad of cash yeah and then there was another moment which apparently he improvised on set which is when he's talking about how much they love marta it's like marta's like what are the family she's great we love her here while he's handing her an empty plate <laughs> as if she's like a maid as it like it's just yeah. small details like that yeah that's really good i didn't notice that but uh i love oh, it yeah so no. it's, it's, when he's like, your family came here the proper way. And he's like handing her this empty plate. And yeah. it's just like, oh, it's such a sleazeball. I, know, I do love that. Uh, the, his introduction is great as well during the interview. It's not his first introduction, but it's, oh, it's, it's like, oh, you think you're going to trick us and turn us against you? Then what do you think? We are fucking idiots. And just like, I love the hard cut to him. Just like immediately talking about how, how much yeah. shit the other guy was in. Yeah, it's like Jamie Lee Curtis is like, um, what do you think we're gonna do? Like, we're not gonna turn on each other. We're a strong family. And then, like, Richard James is like, "Oh no, that piece of shit! No, we yeah. all fucking hate Michael Shannon's character. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, got in a fight." Oh yeah, just like uh, even though we miss it, about all the names of the characters, all the characters' names are named after singers. Yeah, I saw something about that. It's um, so this Joni is after Joni Mitchell. Yeah. Then Richard and Linda are after other oh, ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I think. <laughs> I, I didn't try yeah who else I don't know Ranson I think is out of a fictional book or something like that I think he just lo- I think Green Johnson said he just loves the name and he wanted to put it in his movie he yeah that's like so when it, in terms of yeah so speaking of writing it then as well so there was a character written into this based off his experience with The Last Jedi as I mentioned earlier he was writing it during it uh, and that's the young Jacob character who is a online uh, Nazi troll referred to and that is Green Johnson's apparently revenge on just uh of just like these people who he recalls trolls and man babies he just wrote them as this this, because that's a weird character in it i find he doesn't really do anything other than hear one thing what do you mean he joylessly masturbates in the bathroom (laughs) but i'm just like that's all he did it felt like a weird like i feel like he could have taken his character out and it would have been yeah, Fine. like he was trying to say something. He fit into that sort of equality thing where he sort of like we and Johnson hit like both ends of the spectrum. Like he hit like the the left and the right with both the kids, 
sort of you had uh, yeah. you had the you had the, the daughter and she was in like her liberal arts college like going off and doing a degree that won't get her a job and then you had the kid who was like an alt-right troll essentially so like yeah. it was i think it was more of just a cultural thing as just like yeah. where america is at the moment and there is a there's a strong kind of trump presence in this movie which i did not expect in the slide like what when i was watching it originally i was like oh wow that's that's strong because they talk about how like immigration and making america great again i think is mentioned a few yeah, times like it's, it's not as on the nose as uh uh black clansman <laughs> yeah sorry what movie black clansman no that's black clansman you're thinking of oh sorry easy mistake to make there's an extra k in there a lot yeah, of people yeah. miss that you know you have to you have to be a movie podcaster to kind of pick up on these like short little uh, short little Thanks. Yeah, no, sorry about that. Com- completely forgot. Like, it's just you know me, slip of the tongue happens constantly. Please save me from the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> then you go. Um, okay, so another thing, uh, yes, as I wanted to get onto. Actually, no. Before we get onto the main event, that is Benoit Blanc. Um, uh, Tony Collette is in this movie, and and like she is someone who I've kind of just been noticing more and more after I've watched stuff. She was most recently, not most recently, yeah, but I most recently watched her in Burn After Reading. Have you ever seen that? No, again, no, I haven't watched it. She's great in it, but she's fantastic in this as like a Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, very Gwyneth Paltrow esque. Yeah. What's the name of her? I want to say Gloop, but I don't think it is. I think Gloop that's is. Actually, that's actually <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Oh, what is this? Fuck. I can't remember. Will we ask a future Gary or someone else? Uh, so like mystery person, announce yourself in a Benoit Blanc accent. And then... Well, hello there, Gary and Owen. I do declare in my Falcon Leghorn Southern accent that the company is called Flam. That's right, Flam. Uh, but more importantly than anything, I'm sure either of you said uh, up until this point, Booksmart is now on Netflix. So to be honest, it's a prime opportunity for you to go watch Booksmart, and then go and listen to myself and Gary's best podcast of Booksmart. I'd say it's, I'd say it's the best podcast. Definitely the best podcast. So that's the name of that. Yeah, she's great because like, so she she was originally married to one of other Har- Harlan's other sons, but he tragically died. So she kind of is still looked after by Harlan financially by paying college fees of the granddaughter. But what's happening is he is paying them directly to the college but then one of his let's say assistants is paying them directly to the college and then the other assistant is paying it to her so he, she's actually taking both the money so another thing we suppose we could talk about is that the reason why all these people have all these motives is that she's cut off uh, the tony collette's character Joni is cut off um richard um which is linda's husband is cheating on her having an affair so that's another bit of blackmail and michael shannon's character walt is threatened to be fired at the, as the head of publishing. So all these people have motivations. And Joni's one is that she's been cut off then from getting these tuition fees. And yeah, so she has this like weird energy. Like it's funny because she's like a bit of an outsider in the family. Yeah. More so, yeah, kind of like maybe less so than Marta in, in the sense that like she's just like this like free loving. Yeah, like, loving she's, like, she tries to get everyone to dance. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just like it just going back to the point where I think just everyone had so much fun making this movie. Like you could just tell the cast had a great time with these characters. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think probably where I I think the interview scenes must have been the funnest to record. I feel like all of them just would have really. It's like all the characters have a monologue, and I feel like that would have been the. And also, if they'd read the script, knowing how different their stories were to everyone else's like everyone has a different series of events when it comes to the party like uh, even the small subtle shots where 
everyone recalls that they were the one besides Harlan. Yeah. He's throwing out the candles and everyone is, and then it's just like, oh yeah, like I think I, uh, I think this person uh, arrived early and then it turns out that they didn't arrive. Like there's all those sort of stuff that I feel like would have been fun to act against. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was cool. Like, and even in those, those scenes is where we met um, the main man himself. Mr. Benoit Blanc. Yo, hold on. You mean, uh, you mean, what's well, like, uh, you mean Trooper Wagner? <laughs> he was a great addition as well. Uh, <laughs> like, if there was ever a character to have be so much, to, to be having fun in the movie yeah. he's in, it's Trooper Wagner, who's one of the investigators who is a big fan of Harlan's books and is just enjoying Everything. all the turns. Yeah, like, he, he knows all the gossip about the family and he's just like, he's just so into being there. And who's actually, who's, who's his partner is... Detective Lieutenant Elliot. He's played yeah. by uh, Lank Keith Stanfield. Yep. First movie I saw him in was Sorry to Bother You. And my God, that movie takes a turn. I haven't seen it, so shoot. Oh. But they're both great. They're both great detectives. They're they're, great. They're both, like, he's obviously the straight the straight man and that he's trying to like get to the bottom of this. And Trooper Wagner is just like, he's having a great time. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, who did it? And it's funny. And, and I was weird because I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be great if they interviewed the Nana? Oh, like, yeah. So the Nana is like Christopher Plummer's Harlan's mother. Yeah. Who's just, just, she doesn't have a lot to say. She's just kind of sitting there. She's kind of spaced out and she kind of, she's quite convenient to the plot when she wants to be. But uh, I imagine, you know, this and a few other people might not, but, um, or might, might as well. But I just thought it's interesting that she, she's six years younger than Christopher Plummer and she's meant to be playing his mother mm. and the makeup team do a phenomenal job on one of them. I don't know which. <laughs> It's, they did a great job just like piling rugs on top of that woman. <laughs> she actually stands up really straight. Like, but after that movie, like she is permanent. Girl. Like the, 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 she, they put like three layers of rug just around her. Does she look enough like one of the grandparents from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Another rug. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I so we we spoke earlier about the Christopher Plummer um, being mentioned on one of my other previous podcasts. So I I did some. It's probably the most research I've done on one of these podcasts. I was trying to find an interview where he spoke about his experience on set, and I have I couldn't find how he he found working on the set. I was kind of hoping I'd be able to add to the Christopher Plummer's having a bummer segment. Uh, but apparently, he had a wonderful time on set. I know. I, he was just like, we laughed a lot. That, and he goes, and when you get a cast like it, it makes for more competition. And suddenly you're really on your toes. You have to be. And that's healthy. He had a great time. He's 90 years old. And he's a lot. He's fantastic. Maybe this. Christopher Plum has moved out of his bummer years. I can, so we oh, need can, to I actually, can I rephrase that, please? No, we'll leave that in. <laughs> so if anyone can help me find a movie that really tries to like find spot on when Christopher Plummer exits his bummer phase. And into his funner phase, funner phase. That would be great. Thank you very much. Email into the podcast at reelingofthefears at gmail That would be great. And uh, yeah, you had something about you had something about the portrait of. Oh uh, yeah, Christopher Plummer's portraits. Uh, so speaking of Christopher Plummer, uh, the, the, we see his portrait at the start of the movie. It's hung up, and he looks he look he doesn't look very happy, which I think sort of leans into what what's supposed to be our impression of him is that he's a, like a harsh man and a harsh father. So like obviously the all the children have plenty of reason to kill him, but then that that was just misdirection because at the end of the movie when the murder is solved, he has quite a smirk on his face. The portrait changes, for, so he's quite happy, and then we see everything turns out fine and. And do you know who painted that? Uh, I want to say Da Vinci. No. Although close. Um, it was a bit of a trick question. So they, uh, you probably know, this is what I thought you were talking about, apologies, oh. that it was a green screen. 
not a real painting. Oh, okay. So what they they didn't have the painting idea finished yet for filming. Oh, uh, I knew that. They were, yeah. So they just used a green screen instead for that, and then they edited it in post. That and another bit of trickery they involved into the movie was: Do you remember the opening shot with the two dogs running towards the camera? Yes. So apparently they were very ill-trained dogs. Let's say so they had to have one trainer behind the trees where the dogs come from, and one trainer on the other side of the camera. But they couldn't get the dogs close enough to run close. They kept running far away from the camera, so they had to get the dogs close to the camera. But then they had then they had the dogs running under the camera, so they had to build a little ramp so that the dogs wouldn't slide under the camera. So it would like guided them yeah. where they needed to go. And I'm just like, that just seems like just get CGI fucking dogs. Do <laughs> <laughs> the job, like, do you know what I mean? Fun, fun fact: the dogs actually hated Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they actually? No. <laughs> Christopher Plummer died. <laughs> the, he was the green screen. He, like, he was CGI'd in for the second half of the movie. Yeah. Oh, no, that's funny. Yeah, like, he was, he was, uh, he, remember he was, he was in that movie. Uh, which? All the Money in the World. That was a movie that shot and then the whole thing happened and then they recapped oh, all Christopher Plummer. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Chris Plummer taking that role off him, which is like, yeah. replacing oh, this was not mentioned to me. <laughs> well, you can't blame the dogs for hating Chris Evans as well, because I'd say Christopher Plummer also hates Chris Evans. Like, he just reminds himself of a younger him. Oh, yeah. He's like, I, back in my day, there was only one hot Chris and it was me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I have four to compete with. Like looking in the mirror. Maybe, maybe that's what led to his early demise during the filming of this movie, then replaced by CGI Chris, for Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Who, who, fun fact did all the post interviews <laughs> so i said i had a i had a great time <laughs> i don't i really don't want to hear you stephen hawking after that what? and i think yeah it's a bit of a sh- like one thing he mentions about like having a good time on set is he mentions a lot of having a good crack with uh, anna de armis's character marta because obviously they share a lot of scenes together but it, like he doesn't really get to have a lot of fun scenes with um the family you know, like yeah. he like he only does like brief things with them, which is a bit of a shame, I suppose. But Actually, like, like, I don't think he ever interacts with uh, Benoit Blanc. No, but it's it's funny because um, there was another bit where um, just to speak back about how they all remember things differently um, during their interviews. This was another thing that before the interviews, they all they all say to Marta like, "Oh, I thought you should have been at the funeral, but I got outvoted." But there was enough of them that said they got outvoted that they all just clearly were talking bullshit and didn't. <laughs> didn't want her there they were just like oh no you are for i'm I'm so sorry and it's it's great because it's what what obviously the thing is like they all just see her as an outsider and the only person that really has her back is benoit and i suppose how we're introduced to him is is this like piano like he's just pressing the piano in the interviews yeah Um, like he that that's his introduction i think it's linda is the first one to say like who the fuck are you or is it Joni? Or is it Joni that's Oh, Joni. I think Joni acknowledges him. Like, who's that guy? And they say, I forget about it. And then they do. But Linda was the only one who sort of was just like, I think, pursued it. Yeah. And did you did you know that I thought it was random? And I I, I, I completely missed that. I just thought it was that he did the piano to get the detectives back on track. Yeah. But apparently that was his cue to to tell the detectives to ask the question and what time did you arrive at the house yeah yeah i, I did notice that. i fucking i just was just like i thought it was just tell them here cop fuck off it's always, always to remind remind them of uh, the question to ask uh but yeah let's talk about let's talk about like let's talk about benny b my faves oh. like i i was trying to recall in recent memory i don't i don't think i can of 
of James Bond actors that went off and did like roles like this while technically still James Bond. Like I know he oh, okay. yeah. thought the last one would be his last, the size last vector. Would be. Yeah. But like, it's so weird to see a James Bond actor do the roles he's done, which I kind of think is quite refreshing. Yeah, he does. He does great. Like he's already, he's already doing like the fun roles that we're only seeing Pierce Brosnan do now. <laughs> that's so true Chris Fawcett was definitely so up himself though about like yeah. I'm a handsome like I already do distinguished roles like yeah. the matador and the Thomas Crown affair whereas like clearly Daniel Craig is like like whenever he's on SNL he's having like a ball yeah. has Sean Connery done any like fun roles like is Indy's dad is that technically a fun role yeah, for him? yeah I think because he's not trying to be like James Bond anymore yeah like, whereas I feel like Daniel Craig now has to go back and sell us on being on James Bond I feel like he could probably do it although he's like I know the trailers for the new one just makes him out as being this old man, but I'm like, I like he's he's not, but fine. <laughs> yeah. But like, I just look. So apparently, he was told by Rian Johnson like do a southern accent, and he went off on like this whole like deep research of this accent, and he came to set with this, and and Rian Johnson was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. I think it's even better. I hope he I hope he improved the whole donut thing as well. <laughs> I, I, that was him just spacing on his lines and he was just like, Oh, it's like there's a donut sized hole in this donut. Um, it's almost as if I prepared this quote because oh, I yeah. love it so much. <laughs> so there's a quote in this where he is talking about the mystery and he's trying to describe it like a donut. And it was a quote that it was a line that Reen Johnson was like, This makes no sense. I'm cutting it out. And Daniel Craig apparently loved it so much. He goes, No, we're keeping it. Let me just run it, see what you think. And like, yeah. so he goes, I spoke in the car. When I try the act, when I do it with or without the accent? Uh, with the accent, please. I spoke in the car about a, about the hole at the center of this donut. And yes, what you and Harlan did that fateful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A donut in a donut's hole, but we must look a little closer. And when we do, we see that the donut hole has a hole in its center and it is not a donut hole at all, but a smaller donut with its own hole. And our donut is not whole at all. Well, that's it. Like, how, how did he say all of that with such a straight face? Like, that's a hard fucking, like, sentence to... That's a hard... Just thing to say, like, and I know I struggle with basic English. <laughs> but, like, there's so many lines he has in this. There's so many things he does in this movie where I just... It's so bizarre because he's such a mysterious character at the beginning. He knows everything and he's quizzing Marta and he goes, yes, I was right about this. I was right about this. But as the movie goes on, he gets sillier and sillier. Yeah. Like there's this, then there's the Liza Minnelli where he's singing Liza Minnelli in a car. He's singing yeah. Lose My Mind. I, there's, um, actually, there's a cool thing uh, with, uh, I don't know if it was on purpose, but you know, he's always just saying, saying like, oh, the mystery's afoot and everything like that. Yeah. He always does it because obviously we know the blood is on Marta's foot at the start of the movie. That is a bit that is psychopathic, actually. When you think about it, yeah. he knows the answer, but he knows, like, do you know what I mean? But oh, he's yeah, he, he knows who did it immediately, but he's just like, no, I still, I like, I'm just gonna. Well, I suppose he he did what he said he was gonna do. He was gonna follow the truth traje- trajectory to where until it fell at his feet. Um, what is the rain? The rainbow? Uh, oh, come on! Car. I already got the donut one ready on. I don't have all of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The rainbow precipice or something like that. It describes the path of a projectile determined by natural law. Et voila, my method. <laughs> this has gone very Nick Cage, hasn't it? <laughs> I observe the facts without biases. Quick, say uh, fuck really loudly. Fuck. <laughs> but yeah, so like he has all these weird things and. I just love now 
that not only have they announced a sequel, but it's still, it's going to follow Benoit Blanc. I, I want the Benoit Blanc cinematic universes. Oh, the, so good. The BBCU. How do I say that? BBC. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> no one will mix it up. Uh, no, I just, I, I want... I want another movie of this. I want oh, him back. I want him to be. I, I, I want to see it from his point of view. Like yeah. I'd love for it to be from his point of view. Oh no, but maybe not. Maybe it's funnier when we. Have no, it. No, I, I, I think it's good if you got like another like big cast of like well known actors and sort of like as Chris McClung was like have them like competing against each other now for the limelight. I think that I think it worked really well here. Yeah, and there's, uh, just speaking of cast, there's one thing we forgot to mention, which was that mysterious ca- cameo we talked about earlier. Oh yeah, the mysterious uh, cameo. Gordon Levitt is. Just, yeah, he he's just in the movie. He, he uh, for anyone, <laughs> 10 points, because we, we have points in the show now, 10 okay. points to whoever doesn't Google and remembers <laughs> where he came up. You know what, I I'm going to have a hard time fact-checking this. Yeah, so, yeah, so again, sorry, just to go back, yeah, I would love to see a sequel, I'd love to see what Benoit gets up to, I want to see him be more wacky, I want another donut hole type speech although i don't think uh, you could tell it i want to i want to try because in this in this movie they did a thing where I, i'm actually surprised they're going to cut it because there's a scene at the end of the movie you know like there is the whole like knives the throne of knives essentially which like yeah very per- on the nose. some perfect like some great shots in this movie they're like again the cinematography in this movie is fucking amazing like it's shot really well but there's a bit where he's talking about filling the hole and he sits down in the, and he's explaining it and he's filling the hole and he sits down where the knives make the hole <laughs> so he literally fills fills the hole so i'd love that if they had something like that throughout the movies where they could uh, all, they could always have like like actual like sh- sit, like physically showing him like solve his riddle in whatever stupid metaphor that he's used i'm about to finish the croissant he's just no he's just like he's just he puts his head in between this large crescent <laughs> It fits in. It's, it's always baked good somehow. <laughs> it's just like, someday I'll figure out this cronut of a case. This has a lot of twists and turns like a pretzel. <laughs> I feel like the French are involved. Baguettes. <laughs> I feel a bit flat today like a pancake from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. This is Benoit Blanc's baked goods universe. <laughs> the, the whole cinematic universe ends with like a fucking cookbook. <laughs> that, what? Did you think I was a detective? I was merely building a recipe book. <laughs> My full name is Chef Benoit Blanc. <laughs> I'm from the South. The two biggest celebrities is a large rooster and the colonel. (laughs) One day, like, he comes comes on set and he has, like, the white wig and the beard hair. Oh, my God. You know the KFC are always changing the fucking colonel? Yeah. For, like, a promotional event, they need to make the colonel. (laughs) Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc for one, like, one week or something. That would be be great. Okay, let's try and get this slightly back on track. Uh, And then for people who have seen it, I... uh, Chris Evans makes us a foolish mistake of trying to stab Marta, but it's a it's actually a fake knife. I know. We finally got there. This is the end of the movie. By the way, it brought it brought up at the very start of the movie, again during that goal game where Ran, where Ranson is t- well, Ran, it's said about Ranson that he couldn't tell the difference between a prop knife and a real knife. So again, this is just a movie that foreshadows really well. Why would you have a wheel of knives and have some fake and some real? 
because this man is extra as fuck. Again, he, he, this guy, he has a prop window, like a like he's a prop wall. Oh, sorry, yeah, it is yeah. a weird and wacky house. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, like, they what was something like three sets they shot it on? Yeah, three sets. I think they had like they used like they had the outside the, the outside shots and then two sets for the inside. Madness. Wouldn't you love if like <laughs> wouldn't you love if like I don't know like the whole house is just propped out and it's just trickery everywhere it's like peewee herman's house but like i don't know you just you just like open up a can it's just worms and he's just like christopher Plum is like marta marta come here i need you i need you to put this whoopee cushion downstairs <laughs> just like he has dementia this entire time <laughs> 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 and he, he does all these like it's like, like nelly winston from fucking uh new girl <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a classic harlan thrombry messed around <laughs> His pranks are always like too small or too big. Yeah. He's just like, what did you do? Or just like, well, he's just like, well, it's hilarious. I put a inflated balloon behind the door. <laughs> the height of- what are you gonna do later? I'm gonna slit my throat <laughs> and my family on it. I've also made Marta the inheritant, the sole inheritor of all my earthly goods, and I I've wish not told her. I'd love to see Christopher Plummer down at the pub telling people this <laughs> idea. It's amazing, wait. <laughs> Yeah, this way good. And then I give it all to the nerds. She didn't even kill me. She she administered the right drugs the whole time. <laughs> she did her job. Do- she did her job, and I killed myself in front of her. <laughs> I just love the idea of what if Benoit Blanc was actually just hired by the family to try and investigate how much of the house was pranked. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to like I want to be like Home Alone where it's very first like <laughs> he turns the doorknob and it's like really hot. <laughs> like that's just, just I'm imagining a 90 year old Chris Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> I made my family disappear. <laughs> running around in the 90s to dancing to Christmas songs. That would be. I, I want to see that remake now. It's like Christopher Plummer is Home Alone and ben Home Plummer. Alone knives out. No, that would be. I would pay to see that sequel. I hope that's the next one. I, there's a great. There's a great podcast I listened to, and they were like, the next one should be called Spoons In. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Before we lose our mind anymore, I think we should we should wrap this up. Oh, yeah. Um. Um. Thanks. Thank you very much for coming back on. I very much appreciate it. And. Um, I suppose any any final words. Well, honestly, final words is just like this is a fantastic movie. It's great on multiple rewatches. You can have a lot of fun just watching it with people, as me and Gary have demonstrated here. There are bits that you can just spend hours on, and future Gary's gonna have a great time editing some of those out of this podcast. Uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna a lot of it is gonna be finding whatever fucking audacity setting takes the fucking southern accent out of my voice. <laughs> I look forward to hearing you scream at two in the morning. I'm just gonna be like, stop talking about donuts. <laughs> uh, right. Well, I hope that I leave that bit in because I'm talking about it now. So, right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening through that. Thank you very much too if you've listened to any of the previous podcasts. If you want to find new podcasts, they can be found on Spotify or Apple, where you can like and subscribe or whatever the hell you do there. And if you want to know when new podcasts are coming out posts go up on at reading in the peers on instagram so keep an eye out there so thank you very much again we hope you enjoyed goodbye